And so today we begin a new series of lessons that will take us verse by verse through the entire book of James. This epistle is one of my very, very favorites in all of the Bible. Why? Because the book of James deals with difficult questions and gives us some very practical answers. This book is where the rubber meets the road, as had a friend of mine used to say. This is where the pancake hits the griddle. James deals with the everyday issues of everyday life for the serious Christ follower. Studying the book of James is like taking a crash course in practical Christianity 101. These five chapters, these 108 verses, address the stuff that life is made of. Follow along in your Bible as I read James 1 and verse 1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations. Now it was common in James' day to begin a letter, and that's what this is, a letter, with what is called a salutation. This salutation usually identified first the author who wrote the letter, and then secondly the recipients to whom the letter was addressed. And so that's what we have here. First of all, the author, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now this James, by the way, that writes this book is the half-brother of Jesus. This is not James the Less or James the uh, the apostle that we would normally think of. This was James, the half-brother of Jesus. Literally, the offspring, if you will, of Joseph and Mary. He was... One of those souls that kind of hung back, quite honestly, during Jesus' ministry. It was not until after Jesus' death, until after Jesus' resurrection, that James, the half-brother of Jesus, really came to faith. And when he did, he, he sold himself out to his faith and to follow Jesus. And so he identifies himself as a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. The recipients then are the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. In other words, the primary recipients of this letter were intended to be the Jewish Christians who had been dispersed from Jerusalem throughout all the nations of the known world at that time because of the persecution that had come to the church that we read of in the book of Acts. Now, of course, the secondary recipients of this letter are you me. We're the ones who can benefit from reading this practical instruction that James gives us here. There are some life lessons we're going to learn together as we work our way through this book over the next few months that I believe are going to make an eternal difference in our lives. Now you probably noticed that I've entitled the series How Do I... That's because, as we'll see, each section of Scripture addresses a practical area of our daily walk with Christ. Each group of verses will give us a practical answer to a difficult question that we face as believers. Hence, why do I... And then we'll look at the question that James poses. I've entitled today's lesson simply, How Do I Handle Life with Maturity? Why did I do that? Because... Several times throughout his letter, James uses this word mature. 
And it's a word in the Greek that meant to be complete or finished. It's even translated perfect in some places. As James gives us some practical answers to the difficult questions of life, he identifies some marks of a mature believer. And so as we introduce this new series of lessons, what I want to do this morning is I want to give a quick overview of the entire book. I want to give you a glimpse of where we're headed over the next three months. Up front, I want to share with you 12 characteristics of a mature Christian, a complete, a finished believer. And then in the weeks that are going to follow, we're going to take a deeper look at each of these 12 marks of maturity individually. We'll look at each one of these how-do-I's one by one. How do I handle life with Maturity. Now, before we talk about what maturity is, let's make sure we understand what maturity isn't. <laughs> because it isn't several things. First of all, it's not age. It's not how long you live. It's not even how long you've been a Christ follower. Would you agree with me? I mean, I've known some pretty immature, older people <laughs> over the years. Maybe you've seen that bumper sticker. I may be getting older, but I refuse to grow up. And we may smile and say, well, that person's young at heart. But actually, it's kind of sad to think of someone growing older and not growing up. I mean, think about it. The reality is, as we grow older, we ought to be growing up. And when we're not, now that is a problem. So first, we need to understand that maturity is not age. Secondly, it is not appearance. It is not appearance. You ever notice that some people just look mature? <laughs> when Karen and I first got married, <laughs> I had that problem. People always thought that I was about 10 years older than Karen. And she loved it. <laughs> and I admit I kind of liked it at first, but not as I've grown older. <laughs> what I'm saying is that some people just look mature. Maybe they gray a little early. Or they lose their hair. Or they're grouchy. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but some people just look mature. Something about their demeanor. <laughs> I heard somebody say the other day, yeah, that's it. Demeanor they are, demeanor they look. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but we need to understand that maturity is definitely not just appearance. And third, it is not achievement. I mean, making millions of dollars doesn't mean that you're mature. It might just mean you were in the right place at the right time. You know? Just because you achieve something, just because you accomplish something grand, just because you receive accolades and awards doesn't mean that you are necessarily mature. And fourth, it's not academics. Your education, your training does not necessarily mean that you are mature. You could have all kinds of letters after your name. You could pursue education until the day you die. I know some people who are highly intellectual and they don't have one bit of common sense. Yeah. Maturity is not age. It's not appearance. It's not achievement. It's not academics. So what is it? God says that maturity has to do with attitude. Attitude. 
It has to do with your entire attitude, your, your whole approach, if you will, your whole outlook toward life. It has to do with your ability, in fact, to handle life as it comes your way. Specifically, James gives us 12 distinguishing marks of a mature person. So keep your Bible in hand this morning. You're going to need it because we're going to be looking at several verses together as we work our way through these five chapters. And let's just briefly touch on each of these 12 characteristics, these marks of maturity, as we introduce this practical New Testament book this morning. Beginning with number one, how do I profit from my problems? How do I profit from my problems? Simply put, a mature, complete, finished believer is one who has learned to profit from his or her problems in life. Follow along in your Bible. James 1, we pick it up with verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish this work so that you may be mature. There's that word. And complete. Not lacking anything. And so how we respond to our problems, our trials, and our tribulations is a sure sign of our maturity level. The real test of a person's character isn't when things are going as they want them to. The real test comes when things aren't going as they want them to, when things are not going so well. You take a person who has normally got it all together and you subject them to some pressure. You bring circumstances and situations into his or her life to really test them, and then you will find what they are really made of. Are they grumpy or are they grateful? Are they angry or are they accepting? Are they resentful or are they receptive? I think of the husband who asked, Do you wake up grumpy every morning? And he replied, no, I usually let her sleep. (laughs) I just had to throw that one in. (laughs) James 1, verse 12. Look at it with me. Seriously, come on, back on track. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. How do I profit from my problems? So for the first mark of a mature believer is one who has learned to profit from his or her problems, trials, tribulations in life. Number two, how do I win against temptation? How do I win against temptation? Simply put, a mature, complete, finished Christian is one who has learned to win the battles against his or her temptations to sin. In fact, look with me at James 1, verses 14 and 15 in your Bible. But each one is tempted when by his own evil desire he is dragged away and enticed. And then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. See, a true mark of our maturity is our ability to say no to temptation. To refuse to give in to those inward desires that pull us towards sin. To win the daily battles against temptation in our lives. 
Let's read the Apostle Paul's promise in 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13 out loud together. No test or temptation that comes your way is beyond the course of what others have had to face. All you need to remember is that God will never let you down. He'll never let you be pushed past your limit. He'll always be there to help you come through it. Isn't that a wonderful promise? Incredible. The mature person is the one who's learned that God always provides an escape route, a way out, the ability to say no. How do I win against temptation? So the second mark of a mature Christian is one who's learned to win against his or her temptations in life. Number three, how do I listen to the Bible? How do I listen to the Bible? Simply put, a mature, complete, finished Christ follower is one who has learned to listen to the Bible, God's Word, correctly. Look in your Bible and follow along. James 1, verses 22 through 25. Do not merely listen to the Word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the Word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror, after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. You see, how we listen to the Bible... How we respond when we read or hear the Scripture is a measure of our maturity. Do we receive God's Word and what it teaches with an open mind? Do we implant it in our hearts? Does the Bible's instruction become a part of our lives as we live it out each and every day? Jesus put it this way, Matthew 7 and verse 24, Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man. So, how do I listen to the Bible? Third mark of a mature Christ follower is one who has learned to listen to the Bible, God's Word, correctly. Number four, how do I treat people properly? How do I treat people properly? Simply put, a mature, complete, finished disciple is one who has learned to treat people properly. According to the law of love, by the way, the second greatest commandment, Jesus said, to love your neighbor as yourself. Look, look at what it says, James chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. If you really keep the royal law found in Scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you're doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as law breakers. You see, how we treat others is an indication of our maturity level. How we get along with other people without favoritism and judgmentalism is a sign of where we are in our maturation process. Now, according to Matthew 25, verses 31 through 46, one day we're going to all stand before God to give an account. And what will really matter on that day is not so much how often we were in church or how we studied the Bible and how many verses we memorized or whether we taught a Bible class or how much we tied or didn't tie. One of the things, none of those things are going to matter nearly as much as what Jesus says right here in Matthew chapter 25. And that is how we treat others. 
Whether we gave those who were thirsty a drink, whether we visited those in prison, whether we gave shelter to the homeless, whether we provided clothing to the naked, whether we cared for those who are sick. And Jesus summed it up this way, Matthew 25 and verse 40. In fact, let's read this one out loud together too. Would you read it with me? I'm telling the solemn truth Whenever you did one of these things to someone overlooked or ignored, that was me. You did it to me. Boy, that's just a, one of those verses that you go, whoa, wait a minute, i got to think about that one. How do I treat people properly? So the fourth mark of a mature disciple is one who has learned to treat people properly according to the law of love. Number five, how do I validate my faith? How do I validate my faith? Simply put, a mature, complete, finished believer is one who has learned to validate his or her faith by their works and deeds. Look at James chapter 2. Look at verse 14, first of all. What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? And the implied answer is no. Verse 26 the end of the chapter, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. The bottom line here is that a mature person doesn't just talk the talk, he or she walks the walk. Their actions back up their words. The proof of their faith is seen in their behavior. You don't have to ask them if they are a person of faith. You know it because all you have to do is observe how they live. Faith is obvious in their attitude and their words and their deeds. How can I validate my faith? And so the fifth mark of a mature believer is one who has learned to validate his or her faith by works and deeds. Number six, how do I tame my tongue? <laughs> that slippery little devil. How do I tame my tongue? Simply put, a mature, complete, finished Christian is one who is learning to tame his or her tongue. What they say and how they say it. Look at James 3 and verse 2. James writes, we all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man. There's that word again. He is a perfect man able to keep his whole body in check. He's a perfect man. There's that word. Complete, finished, mature. And what James is saying is that if we could just learn to control our tongues, to control our speech, we could indeed become complete, finished, mature. Earlier, James put it this way, James 1 and verse 26, If anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. That's a pretty strong word. Worthless. In other words, you can be religious in every way, but if you don't have your tongue, your mouth, your speech under control, your religion is pretty much worthless. It's interesting to me that when we go to the doctor, one of the first things that he or she has us do is stick out our tongues <laughs> in order to check our health. And so when we come to the great physician... He tells us to stick out our tongue and take a look at how our spiritual health is doing. Take a good close look at your mouth, your words, your speech, what you say and how you say it, and you can determine your maturity level or lack thereof. How do I tame my tongue? So the sixth mark of a mature Christian 
is one who is learning to tame his or her tongue. What they say and how they say it. Number seven, how do I exercise wisdom? Simply put, a mature, complete, finished Christ follower is one who is exercising true, godly wisdom in his or her daily life. Look at James 3, verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. Now whether or not we're exercising true wisdom and showing it by our good life, by our deeds done in humility, that's a sure sign of maturity. By the way, wisdom literally means living with skill. Living with skill. That's the roots of the word. A mature person is a person who's skilled at living out his or her daily life. Now, the wisdom that James talks about here is obviously not human wisdom. It is divine wisdom. And as we'll see when we get to James chapter 3, there's a big difference between man's wisdom and God's wisdom. The Apostle Paul put it this way, 1 Corinthians 2 verses 6 and 7. In fact, let's read these out loud together as well. Would you do that? It's not popular wisdom, the fashionable wisdom of high-priced experts that will be out of date in a year or so. God's wisdom goes deeper into the interior of His purposes. You don't find it lying around on the surface. In other words, the kind of godly wisdom we're to desire for our lives is the kind that you've got to dig deep to find. It's a learned skill that makes us the sensible people that God wants us to be. And again, it's divine wisdom, not earthly wisdom. How do I exercise wisdom? So the seventh mark of a mature Christ follower is one who's exercising true godly wisdom in his or her daily life. Number eight, how do I avoid conflict? How do I avoid conflict? By the way, we're not talking here about somebody who's Avoiding conflict, you know, in the wrong ways, okay? There's a right way to avoid conflict. And simply put, a mature, complete, finished disciple is one who has learned how to avoid conflict with other people. They're not always contentious and always getting into those battles of life with other people. In fact, look at James 4 and verse 1 with me. James says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? And then James goes on in the verses that follow and he identifies the two most common sources of conflict in relationships. And verses 2 and 3 being selfish, having a problem with your pride, your ego. See, when you get two people who are selfish and you get them in the same room together, (laughs) you are bound to have conflict, folks. And then in verses 11 and 12, being judgmental, having a critical spirit, always looking to find fault in others. See, when you're always looking to dig up dirt, you're going to find it. You're going to find it. And that kind of attitude sure to lead to conflict. And a mature person is someone who avoids those two pitfalls and if and when conflict does arise, resolves it quickly and effectively. How do I avoid conflict? So the eighth 
mark of a mature disciple is one who's learned to avoid conflict with other people. Number nine, how do I face the future? How do I face the future? Simply put, a mature, complete, finished believer is one who has learned to face the future sanely at the very center of God's will for the future. In fact, that's exactly what James says. Look at this, verses 13 through 15. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we'll go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. See, a sure sign of a mature person is the way he or she looks at the future. God is at the center of their lives. Let me say that the other way around. They are at the center of God's life. (laughs) They are the center of God's will. It shows up in their plans. When they are scheduling for tomorrow, when they are making investments, God is always included in the equation. The mature person always makes sure that God's will is the primary consideration in plans for the future. And so, a mature person how do I face the future? Ninth mark of a mature believer is one who has learned to face the future sanely at the very center of God's will. Number ten, how do I manage money? I mean, how can we talk about maturity without having that in there? How do I manage money? Simply put, a mature, complete, finished Christian is one who has learned to manage well everything that has been entrusted to him or her by God. Look at James 5, verses 2 and 3 says, your wealth is rotted and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. Yikes! <laughs> I don't want to be a part of that, do you? Well, we're going to learn how not to be. The Apostle Paul put it this way, 1 Timothy 6 and verse 17. In fact, let's read this one out loud together. Would you read it with me? Tell those who are rich not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which will soon be gone, but their pride and trust should be in the living God who always richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. (laughs) Yeah, Our trust, our, our pride, our hope must be in God. Not in our retirement portfolio, not in our job or career, not in the house that we own or the car we drive, not in some other person in a relationship. A mature person is a person who has put their trust in God and God alone. And it shows in that they are a good steward of the money and the possessions that God has entrusted to his or her care. How do I manage money? So the tenth mark of a mature Christian is one who has learned to manage well everything that God has entrusted to him or her. Number eleven, how do I practice patience? How do I practice patience? Simply put, a mature, complete, finished Christ follower is one who is learning to practice patience in every situation and in every circumstance of life. Look with me. James 5, verses 7 and 8. 
Be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield his valuable crop and how patient he is for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. (laughs) Boy, I'm sure glad that I don't need this one. (laughs) Patience. Yeah, I got that one down. Mm -hmm. A mature person is able to wait for the timing of God in his or her life. I love James' illustration here about the farmer. I mean, just think about it. He plows and he plants, and then there's not really much that he can do except water and weed and wait for that little seed to pop out of the ground and grow. I mean, what happens if he's full of anxiety and he worries about whether or not it's working, and so he goes and he starts to dig in the dirt to see if the seeds are sprouting? What happens? (laughs) No crop. I love this illustration because it reminds us there are some things in life over which we have no control. And in those situations, we just have to trust God's timing. We just have to wait. Oh, that's so hard. We just have to be patient. How do I practice patience? That's going to be a good lesson. So the 11th mark of a mature Christ follower is one who is learning to practice patience in each and every situation and circumstance in life. And number 12, how do I pray effectively? How do I pray effectively? Simply put, a mature, complete, finished disciple is one who has learned to pray effectively. In other words, with powerful results. Look at James 5, verse 16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. I mean, if you want to check your maturity level, then check your prayer life because you cannot separate the two. They go hand in hand with each other. A mature person is a praying person. Example after example in the Bible prove that to be true. In fact, right here in James 5, 17 and 18, James reminds us of the example of Elijah, a man of mighty power. And why was he a man of mighty power? Because he was a man of mighty prayer. Don't miss that. Prayer and power go together. How do I pray effectively? The twelfth mark of a mature disciple is one who's learned to pray effectively with power, with results. How do I? This morning's introductory lesson has focused on this question how do I handle life with maturity? I tried to just give a brief preview of the practical questions that we're going to answer together over the next three months as we work our way verse by verse through the book of James. My goal is that as we deal with these difficult questions and practical answers, that each and every one of us will mature in our walk with the Lord. I'm so looking forward to our study together through the book of James as we look in detail at each of these 12 marks of a mature person we touched on ever so briefly this morning. Let me just review them one more time with you very quickly. Here are the 12 questions we must ask ourselves and we will ask ourselves as we evaluate our spiritual maturity together. Number one, how do I profit from my problems? Two, how do I win against temptation? Three, how do I listen to the Bible? Fourth, how do I treat people properly? Fifth, 
How do I validate my faith? Six, how do I tame my tongue? Seventh, how do I exercise wisdom? Eighth, how do I avoid conflict? Ninth, how do I face the future? Tenth, how do I manage money? Eleventh, how do I practice patience? And twelfth, how do I pray effectively?